Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Hi, welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald, and welcome to the show. Our theme today is that there's no perfect time to start following your dreams. And don't ever let age be an excuse. A lot of people do that. They get to a certain age, they feel it's done. They, they feel it's done even in relationships. They feel when they hit 30, I might not have no children. If you're on the female side, 40, I might not meet the man of my, or woman of my life or the mate of my life. You know, then you get to 50 and 60, I can't start a business. You know, why I, I got to find some place to retire. That's when the age comes in and starts blocking your dreams. That's what this show is putting. It's a sense of purpose of why I do this show, to stop you from stopping yourself. When you wake up and look in the mirror in the morning, every morning you look at yourself. That's when you should start talking about what you can possibly be in life. And that's what I talk about on this show, Money Making Conversation, because for you, success may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring you to accomplish your goals and live your very best life, whatever that may be. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start living your own, whatever that may be. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, leave with your gift and don't let your friends, family or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. We'll be discussing all this, overcoming the odds and everything. My guests on the show today are Aaron Carolina. He beat life-threatening disease to star in Hollywood productions like The Black Widow. The Cleaning Lady, 911, and Tyler Perry's Sisters. And then my other guest, Robert Foster. It's time to meet the creator of the Shopmakers League. Everybody knows March Madness now. What perfect time to interview this brother. A virtual basketball skills challenge platform. Let's get it all rolling with Money Making Conversation. My guest is Aaron Carolina, just like the state. He was born and raised in Arlington, Texas, just like the state. 
From singing as singing in choirs as a child to performing on stages and being part of the music group GS Boys. Overtaken by his love to act, being either on stage or the big screen was always the end goal. So while attending a college at UT Arlington, he decided to go full throttle into his acting after beating a life-threatening disease. Not long after that, he set his sights on moving to Los Angeles to further his acting career and has just done has done just that. Since moving, he has worked on such projects as The Black Widow, The Cleaning Lady, 911, Tyler Perry's Sisters, and more. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Mr. Aaron Carolina. How you doing, my friend? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How about yourself? When you say you're blessed, you know, I, I, within your bio, you discuss a life-threatening disease. Are you willing to talk about that? Of course. Of course. That's my testimony. Give us yeah, some background yeah. on that. All right. So when I was about uh, 19, um, let's say before that, I was homeless for a, a couple of years. Um, finally started to get back on my feet. I was about to go to college to so play at 17, basketball. So 17 to 19, you was, about, you was homeless? Well, yeah, about... About 16 to 17, I was homeless uh, during high school, family complications. You know, mm -hmm. we had a lot of stuff going on. Um, and then I started to get my feet, um, get my feet up under me. I was going to play college uh, basketball in the University of Texas at Arlington. I went through it for a year, but I shattered my wrist and broke my forearm. Uh, so I had to set out my freshman year, came back, um, was going on tour, doing my own thing. Because after I was with the group, for a little bit and coming so, back from on tour. You you slide in a lot of conversations now. Don't get too ahead of yeah, the curve here now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, all right. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, so you it was about a lot. To, you're about to get into the interview. I'm just talking about the <laughs> life-threatening disease now. Okay, let's, well, let's focus bad, on my that. Bad, okay. My bad, my bad. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the the disease. Um, I gained 60 pounds in five days. Okay, how, okay. when you gained 60 pounds, let's give some heights on it. How tall are you and how, how much did you weigh before you gained the 60 pounds? I was 175. I could never gain any weight. I'm 6'2". Okay, cool. 175, 6'2". I end up being 235, 240. You look like a good size linebacker for the NFL. That's what you went to. Yeah, overnight. Yeah. Overnight. Basically, wow. overnight. Wow. And it was like the nutty professor. It was crazy. But yeah, yeah. I gained 60 pounds in five days. I was taking 25 pills a day um, in and out of the hospitals. Um, went from, you say, playing basketball to not being able to do anything. Completely, complete halt to everything in my life. Um, it took a lot for me to sit back and realize, like, you know, instead of thinking, why me? I had to start thinking, why not me? Mm -hmm. So basically, a period of time where everything was a constant state of meditation, you know, taking the highest dose of steroids I, anybody could take as far as I was being told. So I had to constantly train my thought, my emotions, not to go off on people, just kind of say, all right, well, how am I going to get out of this situation if I'm ever going to get out of this situation? And how can I make the best of this situation? Now, let me ask you, so what was the disease? Nephrotic, uh, nephrotic syndrome. It's called minimal change disease. Minimal change disease. Mm -hmm. Now, you lose a lot of, go ahead. Now, because I'm, because you educated me now, because like I yeah. said, first of all, to gain weight, that much weight within a 24 hour period, that had to be scary. I know that, you know, in this world of listeners who are listening and myself personally, you know, I get on the scale every day. I get up every morning, <laughs> I go downstairs, hop on the scale, and I see two or three pound adjustment. I got a problem. So, <laughs> so, so you telling me that, so that had to be an uncomfortable period physically for you. How did, did you sleep? You know, did you, did you go to sleep waking up and then you start feeling this additional weight? Were you bloated? What was going on in your mind 
when this was happening? Uh, did you talk to friends? What was going on? I didn't sleep. I was um in the I was in the midst of going on tour, so I was coming back from Oklahoma. Was and a lot with of the GS sleepless. boys, right? Yeah, with the GS boys, and along with doing my own thing, mm-hmm. um, working with a manager, mm-hmm. um, just going to clubs and stuff, trying to do my own thing, mm-hmm. trying to pursue my own career. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to think. Um, eating for years, I never gained any weight. I can work out as much as possible. Never gained anything. If I was feeling exhausted, I figured I was probably tired. It was okay. I'll just push through it. I'm an athlete. I'm used to that. So I didn't feel any difference until I was, um, it was around my birthday. Right. And my homeboys were like, let's go to the club, man. Let's go dance. I'm like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I went to the club and I could barely, I couldn't bend my knees. I had fluid on my knees. I was like, what in the world? I get home at night. I take off and I have edema, like my, my clothes, my, my, there's indentions around my legs. I can leave an imprint and it would stay there for like five minutes. And it was, it was just, I didn't notice it until everything just kind of hit me all in my face. Like it just all kind of came to me at the same time. Yeah. When you look in that I, mirror, you look in that mirror, that tells the true story. You know, you can, you everything, can, you can blow everything was stuff. below my chest. Mm-hmm. Everything was below my waist. It wasn't in my face yet. Mm-hmm. Not until about a couple of weeks. But yeah, the mirror will definitely start showing. Mm-hmm. Now, with this being said, now, I'm, now I got to get a little personal because you were, in, you, you were self-employed, I'm assuming. So how did yeah. the insurance situation work itself out to lead to you being able to get to recovery? I didn't have insurance at the time. I was I didn't have anything. I was basically, I, yeah, I didn't have any insurance Uh I was at the time I was young, was like maybe 19, 20. I was still on my mother's insurance. Right. But mm-hmm. but she was being wrongfully terminated from her job. So mm-hmm. she didn't even have she didn't have a job. So I didn't have insurance maybe a, a month after I found out I got sick. And then from for like a two, three year gap, it was sitting in front of um social like sitting in front of like for government funding programs for mm-hmm. um, insurance mm-hmm. for two years, sitting in offices for days at a time, mm-hmm. trying to get approved, um, trying to get um, certain bills taken off my record, see if I can go here for that. I was kicked out of the hospital so many times. Uh, it was a lot. I didn't even, I didn't have anything at that time. Wow. I was, wow. I'm speaking mm-hmm. to Eric Car- Aaron Carolina. He's based out of, uh, that's where he's born from, Arlington, Texas now. Yes, you know, sir. Singing and uh, acting and uh he went from a life-threatening disease to starring in such incredible projects like the uh, Black Widow, uh, Cleaning Lady, Nine One One, Tyler Perry Sisters. You know, when you when you at this point in your life, because I spent thirty days in the hospital, Aaron, so I know. Yeah. You know, I got I checked out three times. I had a pneumothorax, my lung collapsed, and every time I checked out, it's like my lung collapsed again. So I know the frustration of not seeking, and I did have medical insurance, so I mm-hmm. understand the frustration of what's wrong with you, and and because at that young age. Like you say, you was like twenty one. You know, you 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 feel invincible. You know, because people know as a youth, you know, you get a cold. You know, you might not even take medicine that quick. You go out. I remember. I remember myself. I used to play basketball. So if I got a cold, I would just go out there and play basketball and kind of sweat it out. I sweat sweat it out. And after I exactly. play a couple of rounds, I, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. And so yeah. and so so I, I'm I'm assuming that that, that that's similar like you. You know. You self-fix yourself. You self-medicate yourself. And at this point, all that philosophy that you've used in the past is not working. And so fear has to start creeping into your brain at this point as to why me. As a matter of fact, um, what you're saying is definitely true going into it. But I grew up kind of sickly. I had asthma really bad. 
grew up really sickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And after a while, once I started really getting into basketball, allergies, everything just kind of went away. So for years, I did not get sick. If I did get sick during a basketball game, I'm playing it through. Next day, I might be sick as a dog. I might have to miss school for like a day. But other than that, I'm playing through anything if I can. I didn't want to take medication. At this point, I didn't, it was nothing I could literally do. It hit me so hard and so fast that I couldn't do anything. And I was so in shock that I had the thought like, yo, I may not even be here because the doctors told me I might have AIDS, cancer, HIV. It took three weeks for them to figure out what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of figuring out what was wrong with me, when I was in the hospital for, I think, a week at a time, I had staph infection in one leg. uh, And then I ended up getting the staph infection in both my legs. So I couldn't walk for a month because I had a a staph infection right in my kneecap. So I was in a state of shock for a long time. And I was like, yo, I didn't know what, what to do. What could I do? So yeah, it was a lot of state of, it was definitely a state of fear. And it was basically at that point, I had to realize this, this is not in my hands. This is in God's hands. Okay. Now Whatever his will be done. Now we're, we're dreamers and I understand that. You know, if I would tell people, you know, you're going to find God now, somewhere along the line, you know, God going to pop yeah. up in that conversation. Prayer is going to take over. And, <laughs> right. and, and, you know, whether it's a, uh, and there's always happens in that moment where you can't control it anymore. You know, when you, when you can't control situations, somehow, you put them hands together. Somehow you can get on your knees and find God. Because guess what? He's the only person that's listening to that. Because anybody else that's walking in that room trying to tell you what's wrong with you, any relative tell you, I got you. But they ain't listening. You got to go somewhere else to find somebody who's listening to what you got to say. And You're right about that. And they become a self-motivation. Now, all your dreams, being a singer, being an actor, being all this stuff, where were you at mentally, man? Where were you at from a, were you even thinking about those things? Were you, because you still were young now, young now. Yeah. But you, in, there's impossible, the, the opportunities that you thought you were going to achieve singing. You look good. I've seen your headshot. You look good. I've seen you on TV. You look good now, Aaron. You're a good looking dude. Six foot two, <laughs> 173. Oh, boy, suit look good on you. Suit look good on you. But ain't none of that working for you right now. You're six two, no. bloated. In and out of hospitals. They telling you got every every everything they said was wrong with you just made you more nervous. HIV, cancer, all that, all those are like yeah. ain't none of those are like I can get over that in a minute type. No. If that's your problem. When did they find out? When did they identify the problem? And where are you at right now with that disease? Um, they identified it after a month of me finding um after me, um, after a month of me coming in with symptoms, they were able to identify what it was because it's predominantly white disease. Black men don't get this. And you could tell that they don't because they were confused <laughs> so, for a long so, time. So, Aaron, I'm laughing, similar. though. Aaron, so you said, you said, okay, now, God, God, white, okay. Now. White, <laughs> okay, right, white no, adolescent no. males don't get it like, like <laughs> I got it at 19. They were like, this is something that usually young Young white man get, you're 19 and you got this? And I looked at my mom. I was like, well, I thought I was all black. This is somewhere. somewhere. Oh, hell. Oh, okay. Now you tell me that I got white in me. Well, it was somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. get it at this time, and it took them about a month into it. That's when they say this. Right, right. And at that point, I was, yeah. I, I love it. I, I didn't, I put my hands together and I started praying. I always had a close relationship with God, and I try to control the things that I can't, right. let go of the things that I can't. Right. At this point, I can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. As far as like my dreams and aspirations, all on hold. I think, well, what else can I do? I know I could still sing, but 
how else will I be able to navigate this, mm-hmm. you know, in my current situation? Mm-hmm. I think it was just trying to get myself together and at least get my feet up under me mm-hmm. and starting to appreciate the things that I did have. It was probably a moment where I wasn't appreciating the things that I did have. And I think after a while, God slowly, slowly but surely started to give me a little bit more to appreciate, like a little bit more like, okay, you've appreciated everything that I've given you so far at the bare minimum. Now here's a little bit more staying consistent and humble in my situations, thanking people, thanking God every day. Here's a little bit more. And now to end up out of Texas, in L.A., doing what I love for a living. I don't have, a, I don't have another job. Aaron, you don't have to interview Aaron. He's going he's gonna to just self-interview himself. Yeah, yeah. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Hey, my, my, asked, my, my bad. All I asked um, his brother was to tell me, is he cured? Tell me, is it all move forward? Now he in L.A. Now he in L.A. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Oh, you like this on the set, man. Director tell you go stand over there. Next thing you know, you standing to the left. <laughs> you just standing right. Oh, you like that, man? Because you're no, going to no. get fired. No, no. I'm about to fire you on no, my no. show. But if I, no, you, no, no, no. You, you, ain't going to be like that? <laughs> I know you're a Texas boy because I know you listen. Ray's good. Yeah, okay? yeah. Okay. I just, I, I, I get to talking about, I get to talking about <laughs> where God is taking me to where I am and I, I kind of get ex- I get excited talking about it. Well, well, I'm, I'm here now, though. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. We're going to be right back. We're going to go to break. We're going to come right back, Aaron. And guess what? We I wanted to really take my time to talk about that because, see, I've been where you've been. I've been in the hospital, man, and I didn't know why I was in there. I was just watching a basketball game, and my lung collapsed. And I went to the hospital just thinking it would be overnight. Next thing you know, 30 days later, I'm still in the hospital. And that I was one of the top touring comedians at the time. I'd done television shows. Everybody told me I was the next next. And next thing you know, I was in the hospital, paralyzed from the standpoint of not physically, but paralyzed because my career couldn't move forward because I couldn't get out of the hospital. So I want the people to understand that you still, in those darkest moments, you don't stop dreaming. You don't stop giving up. But, boy, it does redirect your priorities. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that career. Like you said earlier, he got a, he got a relationship with God because, guess what, he a, good, he a good old choir boy. I said that in there, in the intro, choir boy. Choir boy to singing in nightclubs. You know, that's how they start. That's how they start. They start yeah. singing for yeah. God. Next thing you know, they're singing for the women. That's how they do. <laughs> Be right back with more Money Making Conversation Masterclass with my man straight out of Texas, Aaron Carolina. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Let me tell you about the Money Making Conversations Masterclass hosted by Rashawn McDonald. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, lead with your gifts and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. The interviews and information on his show are for everybody. Don't let change scare you. He's here to educate you because it's time to put your dreams into action. This show, Money Making Conversations Masterclass interviews CEOs, small business owners, influencers, and celebrities. They share financial and career success tips with Rushan McDonald, which you can only hear in the Money Making Conversations Masterclass show. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, hosted by Rushan McDonald. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Again, my guest is Aaron Carolina. I brought him on because we have a lot of actors out there. We have a lot of singers out there. We got a lot of entertainers out there. But it's the story that he has had to overcome that I thought was really uh, important to hear on this show. Because we have a lot of excuses as to why we can't pursue our dreams. We have a lot of excuses as to why, you know, God ain't give me the opportunity to be successful. You know, if I, I work hard just like him, I look good just like him, I dribble just like him, I think probably faster than him. But it all comes down to being consistent and what's your plan of action. Now, 
What age did you were you at the time when you decided to move to Los Angeles? Uh, let's see. I've been here for five years. I was uh, 28. Okay, 28. So 28, you in Texas. Because I, I left IBM. When I left IBM, I left IBM. I was 28 years old when I left IBM. And I'm going to just tell you, I want to just share my story a little bit in here, too, because because when you start making decisions, Aaron, like that, there are a lot of people tell you, you use the word like, man, you lost your mind. Man, uh, you ain't that good. Man, you know, you ain't going to be. They, then they start tying you to successful people. You you think you're going to be Denzel? Like these talk, they tied me to Eddie Murphy. They tied me to Richard Pryor. They tied me to every every successful black person out there. But they just told me I wasn't going to be that person. Now. Did they do the same thing to you? Oh, definitely. You ain't Jamie Foxx. You just gonna leave out here and you ain't like what? Is, That's right. What they you, would say Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx can sing and act, and he's from and he's from good old Texas too. Absolutely. So it's like what you what you what you done been on? You really you gonna go out there? You know, it's a big pool. You got small fish in the you jumping in the ocean. It was a lot of naysayers, um, but I mean, things have changed a lot. Oh, 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 talk, talk to me about the, about the changeover when they start seeing you on TV. That's what happens. Oh, they start seeing you on TV and they're calling you. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of you. You've been out there. Yo, uh, so how, how can I get into this? You don't want to do this. Right. <laughs> you don't want to get you don't you don't. I don't know if people know what it really takes. That's why this. you're on the show, Aaron, because your story, because a lot of people see things overnight. A lot of people see things, you know, wow, man, I could do that, too. But it's not that you can do it, too. It's whether you're willing to do it, too. And that's the part of the connections, the relationships, getting the opportunity. And then not not thinking that one opportunity is going to be the opportunity going to launch you to success. It's called a resume. So you moved out yep. to L.A., you're 28 years old. Yep. How did we get all, well, how did you get started in this whole game? Because did you know anybody or you just went out there cold? Basically, I went out here cold. Um, I didn't have any representation out here. I still kept ties with my people back in Texas. Um, and I had to basically start from the ground up. All my networking, all friends, all the relationships that I've built in Texas. We had a small community out there. I didn't have that out here. Um, and it wasn't until over time where, you know, people, they start network and I started going in and mingling with their people. It took about, I really after being here for like three or four years, that's when things really start to hit. So you're, right. really so you're roughly 29 by 30 years old, right? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Still looking about good because you still can play those, you know, late teenager roles, but you still got that 10-year window of opportunities yeah. that you can go into. And let me just explain to everybody. What happens is when you go to Hollywood, they, you know, you want to, it's about the youth. Hollywood is all about the youth. And so as you're younger, you can play more opportunities. But as you get older, they start character acting you. They start putting you, well, you can be a police officer, you can be a teacher, you can be a, a executive, you can be working in the office and stuff like that. But when you're young, you know, you can do anything. You can be high school, college, you can be at parties, all those things. So it's a lot more opportunities. So when you're 30, you want to make sure that, you know, you can, you can at least go 10 years beneath your real age. And that's where you're sitting there right there. So you're playing a nice little range. You look good, stand in shape. So just setting the table for my listeners. Continue, Aaron. Um, so, yeah, um, it took me about three or four years before I was able even to start getting roles. And um, after, obviously, going here, everybody out here in L.A. is in shape. Everybody is. 
there's gyms everywhere. There's everybody's eating healthy. So that's another way to help keep looking youthful. Um, when I got out of here, so I still had those opportunities, but what they started doing was they started character typing me like, all right, you're going to play a cop and be military. Right. Uh, you play a detective, <laughs> everything. And I was like, yo, when did I become the guy? <laughs> like, right. For, right. For kid, right. Like, born and raised in the hood, Fort Worth. I'm talking about stop everything. When did I become the guy that would be a cop? But that's just what they saw me. That was the type mm-hmm. like, that I was playing a cop. I had military experience that they would try to um, utilize. I look like clean cut, cut off all the facial hair. Mm hmm. And just play clean cut. So that's what I was, that kind of got my foot in the door. And a lot of these roles, uh, most of the roles that I've been booking as far as that have been pretty pretty big have been just like that uniform roles. But I was blessed to get some where they started um, allowing me to step outside of that and be more uh, more of a ladies man and things of that nature. Uh, but it took a while. They tried to characterize, uh, characterize me and put me in a, in a genre right away. Let me and that's you, what they do. Let me ask you this, Aaron. What was the first role that you went, yeah, that you got? That when you, when you went, yeah. Out here in L.A. or just in general? In L.A., L.A. Mm-hmm. In L.A., uh, the first role that I booked, really. I, I apologize. I apologize. Let's, let's, Go let's, ahead. Let's apologize. The first role in general, and then we're going to talk about L.A. The first opportunity in general, you went, yeah, I can do this. The first role I booked uh, was uh, for a Marvel show called Gifted. I booked it in Texas and it was a, a, a security guard. Mm-hmm. I booked the role as a security guard. And that was the first one. I was like, yeah, they wanted me for multiple days. It was the first and the executives, the director, everybody loved it. It was great. Um, that's when I realized and you get them, you get there on set. They know your name. You got your wardrobe. You got your honey wagon all set up. They're like, yo, what do you want for breakfast? Do you want lobster? This, that? <laughs> I'm like, what? Y'all got lobster in the morning? I said, what else do y'all have? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Hanging on menu? It's whatever you want. That's like, oh, I can do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> I, can, right. I can do this for life. Right. Um, and after that, more roles came out of here. The first role that kind of really had me going, uh, what was it? Ooh, no, it's not a, maybe not out here. Uh, Tyler Perry's role. Uh, um, getting a role for Tyler Perry was... I was like, I can do this for, I can do this long term. I saw what it took. I saw that the years of preparation and working and, and going to classes and stuff got me to a point where I can handle the pressure. And I was like, I I, I like I like this. I want to keep doing this. Was it the I was role? Like, I have what was it takes. the role you currently doing on Sisters or a previous role? Or, or, or Sisters was your <clears> only <throat> opportunity it was, you it got was, with Taylor it was Perry, a, Tyler Perry. It was a role that I did for Sisters, uh-huh. uh, the role I did for, uh, for Sisters. Mm-hmm. It was uh, that role that kind of got me like, yo, I can do this. I can do this long term. And that's what I was, that that was something else I was kind of reaffirming. Uh, doing this job, you get so many no's. When you get those yeses, it's like, okay, I'm on the right track. Well, so yeah, it's like, it really is, man. I, I, I tell yeah. people that um, in, in life you get a lot of those, but Hollywood, you walk in a room, you don't know why they what they're looking for. You know they they they, they, they you know it's it, it's really the most um, frustrating business, but it's the most exciting business once you start getting success. And sometimes when you start getting success, you don't really know why they 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 you getting it until they start asking for you by name. Then you understand that a certain type of person recognizes you for your talent. Now being a former athlete. That's competition. Now you're in this world as an actor. That's competition. Do you are you able to marry the two existence to really get a clear understanding of what you're capable of doing? Oh yeah, 
Uh, and what I feel like what I'm capable of doing is sky's the limit. Um, as an athlete, I'm competitive and I'm willing to work hard no matter the circumstances. Re regardless of my condition, I'm willing to work hard. And in this industry, there is no quit. It's not the sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. It's about those who are willing to endure for the longest. And if you have what it takes, you want to work hard, you're coachable, and you're in there and you're in there for the long haul, people eventually see the talent and skill that you have. And then they will start requesting you. But they give you bits and pieces. Not everybody comes in here and just starts hitting home runs right away. You know, you start taking you you take your victories as you get them. And being an athlete, I am okay with doing what needs to be done in order to get those opportunities later on. You know, it's really interesting. I uh, appreciate you coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm talking to Aaron Carolina. Uh, he's out of Arlington, Texas. Um, started singing in choir as a child. You know, ad, dealt with asthma as a youth, uh, homeless at roughly 17. And uh, But that didn't stop him. Dealt with a life-threatening disease that he didn't know, nobody knew. Uh, very little uh, insurance in his life to be able to assist him. Um, basically, uh, wouldn't come, didn't come from the ideal family. So his support system wasn't there, but that didn't stop him from living his dreams uh, that he's currently living now. As, as we as we wrap up this interview, Aaron, what would you what would you say to people who are trying to get into this world that you are still growing your brand in? What 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 setbacks that you were able to overcome that you went that somebody can find relatable that can give them a gem of information that they can help them bypass what you did moving forward. Start becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Take chances on yourself. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, and actually ask yourself, is this something that you really want to do? Anything that you've ever done throughout your whole life, any experience, um, any, any, any kind, anything whatsoever, you can use that in this career. But you have to be willing to take the nose. Um, and if you find joy in the craft itself, um, eventually you will reap the benefits of those who are willing to endure. Now, the the benefits of, of life is that you're able to tell us your story. The benefits of life is that, you know, faith plays a major role in your life, you know, especially we all know that uh, faith with people comes and goes and it usually comes when there's not, there's discomfort in your life that you can't control. I know I've been there and uh, I'm not saying I'm a church goer, but Lord knows I understand the value of uh, motivation and self-motivation is tied to your faith. As you, as you, as you, what, what's the future hold for Mr. Aaron Carolina? Um. Currently, right now, I um, have an independent feature film that I'm working on. Um, we're in post right now. There's a couple of series that I, that I have in the works right now, um, executive producing uh, producing and writing. Um, there's a lot of work going on in 2023. I'm also about to be a, uh, a father. So um, there's just a lot going on. Did you looking, see you also really looking about to do a father or be a father? Be a father. Okay, you kind of slid that out there. You know what? What? what, yeah, what, yeah. what, what was, I know Father's Day coming up. There wasn't much heat on that father line. It's about to be a father, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm about to, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm about to be a father, and there's something I'm I'm excited about. I'm you really be. looking forward to. You should be. You uh, should be. Yeah, um, just trying to stay busy, uh, make sure that I'm able to continue building a career uh, for my family. And, you know, just to have something where I can, you know, just continue doing what I love. But there's definitely a, a feature film coming in the project, um, coming in the works. So 
that's that's what I got. And plenty of other stuff that I'm I'm working on. Congratulations. As we wrap up this interview, tell everybody how we can reach out to you or stay in touch with you. You can reach me on Instagram at Aaron Carolina underscore. That's A-A-Ron Carolina like the state underscore. Um, Facebook, Aaron Carolina. Um, Twitter is also Aaron Carolina underscore as well. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Appreciate you sharing your story. It's a motivational story. Story about uplift. Story about, hey, man, overcoming the odds. That's all this shit was about. Talk to you soon, and good luck, Aaron Carolina. Yes, sir. You too. God bless. Appreciate you. Money Making Conversations Masterclass continues online at moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations Masterclass on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.